Hello there. So I'm back with the next TLC review. We're coming to TLC 2012. Uh, so this show kicks off with a tables match. It's Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara versus Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow, the Road Scorers, as they were called. They were actually quite an entertaining little tag team. <clears throat> but, you know, this was quite decent. This was for the number one contendership for the tag titles. Match is okay, actually. It goes at a decent enough pace. Quite a decent match. And... Um, Road scholars win. You only have to put one person through the table, so I think this might have been a bit more better if you had to like eliminate them. But now, oh well, one person goes through, and then that's it. Okay, and it was fine. It was decent. They, I believe, if I remember right, they went on to face Team Hell No at the Royal Rumble the next month. So yeah, this was a decent enough match. I know that the smart. I like Damien Sandow. I mean, he was good at his gimmick, the whole savior of the masses thing. But <clears throat> they all wanted. This whole thing for he got money in the bank later and ended up losing to Cena. But at the end of the day, he was entertaining and it was good. But this gimmick honestly screamed mid card. I mean, I remember when he went to TNA and he was like Aaron Rex and he gets to do his own thing and all that. And he frankly wasn't very good, but you know, he, he, but there you have it. And of course, Cream, uh, Cody Rhodes is like king in the mid carters. So, and even if he somehow goes over Sting, that ain't ever gonna change, change that. But you know what? Oh, oh, look, another. Title shot for Cody Rhodes in the mid card. So, yeah, quite a bit for somebody who, who's never drawn a dime. So, there you go, just saying. So, um, after this, we come to there's R Truth versus Cesaro US title. Uh, match is okay, it's fine for what it is, but one thing I would say is that's the second pay per view in a row that you have the same match with the same outcome because they did this at Survivor Series 2012 again. It was a much similar, it was like copy and paste, so, you know, even back then, they were doing copy and paste stuff here, yeah, nothing to get excited about, really, that's what it is. There was this uh, Miz TV segment, which is strange, because you think, okay, this kind of usually belongs in a raw, like, I don't have a problem with there being promo segments on a pay-per-view, because sometimes pay-per-views can get monotonous if it's just match, 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 but... Oh my god, this segment didn't, not only did it, it not belong in a pay-per-view, it doesn't belong on TV, it shouldn't even belong in existence. This was atrocious. You had Miss TV and the fucking 3MB came out, yes, so this was interesting to see. You've got, uh, here's the ironic thing, you had in 3MB, that's right, you had Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, and Heath Slater. The only one with an ounce of charisma is the only one that's never held the world, held the world title. Now don't get me wrong. I don't think Heath Slater should have ever won a world title, but you know, at least he's somewhat entertaining. But he's and he's got more charisma than those pair put together. I'll say this. I remember at a time thinking, "Wow, what a waste of Drew," and it was. But to be fair, he's such a goofball in this as well. Though. But you can actually see elements of it when he tries to be funny. You can actually see elements of the free MB thing there. It might seem strange to say that, but actually, it actually is there. And you're thinking, "Oh, well." There you have it. And then they like they start making fun of the Spanish announcers. Then Ricardo Rodriguez comes out and Alberto Del Rio comes out and it sets out us. And if, as if this shit wasn't bad enough, they actually set up a six-man tag for later on. <sighs> More on that later. <laughs> anyway, uh, after this, you've got uh, Kofi Kingston versus Wade Barrett Intercontinental title. Kofi Kingston wins. Yeah, it was all right. There's <laughs> not much more you can say about this. You've, went, you've gone Wade Barrett, who's went from in 2010 facing John Cena in a chairs match, 
2011 facing Randy Orton in a tables match, and 2012 he's jobbing a Kofi Kingston in a, a Continental Title match that nobody remembers. So <laughs> you can almost see the downward trajectory. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for him. Ah well, <laughs> what can you say? Anyway. Funny enough, you've got another promo segment here. Yeah, it's odd. It's, it's, sometimes it's odd to have one during a, pro, uh, a pay-per-view, but you actually get two here. But this one, much more welcome. CM Punk. He was the. This was just before his 434-day title when he was about to end. But this made sense. Originally, he was meant to face Ryback in, a, in the TLC match, but he got injured. So he, he's up there in the skybox, cuts this big promo and things like that. You're getting ready to send him to The Rock at the Royal Rumble. It wasn't officially confirmed yet, but that's where we all knew that's where it was going. Um, yep, so he cuts this promo, talking about Shield and all that shit, stuff like that, and Ryback and things. Uh, good promo, and it's, it made sense to put him on the show. Put him on the show, just because he's not injured, you've got him as a good talker and that, you, you put him on the show, it actually breaks up again, the monotony of match, match, match. This was much more welcome than the other promo segment. So, yeah, all, all, all pretty good. This actually worked well. He was your champion. You keep them on TV because when you've got something like that who can talk, and it keeps setting up the momentum going into the Royal Rumble. Eventually, I do remember Ryback did get his TLC match on a Raw. It was the night The Rock came back. It was about the first night back, and then Punk won. And then later on, they did, they did the Rock and Punk segment. Amazing Raw from 2013. Just thought I'd say that. So after this, we then come to the actual TLC match, the first ever TLC match not to involve a title. This actually was a pinfall TLC match and it was also the first ever match of The Shield versus Ryback and Team Hell No. Now, this is the first time I've ever seen this pay-per-view. I watched it last uh, Friday, I think it was. Uh, so I'd never seen it. And to be honest, I've only ever seen highlights of this match, but I've heard people raving about it. Sometimes when you watch a match or something or an event, people rave about it doesn't live up to the hype. But no, this one did. This match was fucking outstanding. This was awesome. Absolutely brilliant match. This is a fantastic way to sh- showcase these guys in the first their first night. They look like badasses. They actually were even earlier on the night. They showed the little thing. They did their little backstage camera thing. Fabulous. Those were great. The, the handheld camera things tremendous made them it set them apart from everyone else the, the, they were just different and it was and i've always said they were stronger together than they are individually even though i know roman's doing incredibly well so the whole tribal two things getting over but yeah especially seth rollins i would say in this case but these guys so much better together than they've ever been individually it just gelled with these three it just worked you do actually believe it's a brotherhood with these three, to be honest. But the match itself, fantastic. An incredible moment as well. This is when um, Rollins actually does the curb stomp onto Daniel Bryan. That's right on our chair. I mean, it's one of, it's an incredible spot, but it's one of those things when you kind of look back at that and wince now because we know what Daniel Bryan's injury history has been. But, oh, uh, God, what a match this was. Team Hell was a great team. Had Ryback here. And Ryback's a funny one because I don't think he's half as good as he thinks he is. But he's very entertaining in his YouTube thing. You know, he, he, he's got quite the ego on him, but, you know, whatever. As what it is. I don't think he's half as over as he thinks he was. I know people said, oh, should he give Ryback the belt and uh, here? And uh, are you really going to do Ryback in the Rock? At Royal Rumble 2013? No. Rock Punk was the match you were had. So that was the right call. The problem was they actually thrust him into the title picture way, way before they should have. And uh, that was a huge problem there. So 
just a, they should never have put them in the title picture when they did, and it just did more harm than good. Maybe maybe put them, build them up, and then put them in 2013 at some point. But nah, whatever. But there you go. This match outstanding. She'll go over obviously in her debut. Brilliant match. Lived up to the hype. Uh, after this, you've got um, Divas title match, Eve Torres versus Naomi. This is so good to go back and watch because this match, this match is bleh, it's over with in like two minutes and Eve wins. Glorious. Good. This was the only time Naomi was remote, remotely interesting. That's when she was a Funkadactyl and at least she had catchy entrance music. But, you know, Eve won and I'm just thinking to myself, Eve was so great here. In 2012, she did such a brilliant job with her heel, and, and then you know she was like John Laurinaitis's assistant for part of the times well this year. She was great, loved Eve. She was fantastic. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest. Can you imagine if this happened nowadays? The wrestling Twitter was fucking erupt. about this, and it would be glorious. It kind of did happen actually, because like Lacey Evans beat Naomi in like two minutes a few months back. That's what started this whole shitty. Oh, <laughs> No one cares. No one fucking cares. You know, but ah, good old days. Those were the days. Eh? I see people as well on Twitter saying, oh, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if Naomi joined the Hurt Business? It's like, yeah, if you, since you've added Cedric Alexander, you may as well add a female boring job or no one cares about it as well, just to make that group even more boring. But there you have it. Uh, I digress. There you go, Eve won here. Good. Uh, up next, Big Show versus Seamus. Cheers, match. It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Big Show wins. Yeah, it's fine for what it was. Because the, the ending's kind of weak, you know. Big Show just like wins with a knockout punch. It's like, oh, okay, which he kind of did against Mark Henry the year before. But you went maybe thought maybe they could have done something like he punches a chair into Sheamus's face or something. That would have been better. But nah, he just punches him and wins. All right, fair enough. Whatever, not bad though. Um, but unlike the next match, yes, that infamous six-man tag match. Um, you've got three MB and it's versus Alberto De Rio Mez and his mystery partner, the Brooklyn Brawler, because they were in Brooklyn. It's like, nope. Does anyone fucking care? Look, I get it. He was kind of the comedy job, and he was he's somewhat of a legend, we or a cult figure, but no one fucking cares. And and the, and the Brooklyn Brawler actually gets the pin. I can't imagine which one of the NBA pins, but this match was shit. But at least it was kind of in the right spot. You know, you put it in between the world and the main event and the world title. So, you know, <laughs> so everyone can go for a shit, I suppose. But uh, this segment, the, the, seg- the, the segment that was so bad, you had to do not, not one, but not just one segment, but a match as well involving these people. This was just shit, honestly. But anyway, we came to the main event, John Cena versus Dolph Ziggler in a ladder match, which was for the Money in the Bank briefcase. And this was interesting. This was the whole thing. They did the story like John Cena was getting in it about AJ Lee, and that's how she had to resign as general manager. And Vicky was meant to be with Dolph and all this. And match itself was actually pretty good. Not too bad. John Cena, there's this thing where he, like, just like no, it's a funny combination because Cena like no sells everything. As soon as he gets DDT, he makes it look completely fake, and then Ziggler just oversells everything. So it's a weird combination, but it's quite an enjoyable match here. When we get to the finish, you've got like Cena's about to climb the ladder, but AJ comes in skipping along, and then she just shoves Cena off, and then Ziggler goes up and wins. So Ziggler gets a pay-per-view main event victory over Cena. What did that lead to? 
not very fucking much, let's be real. Yeah, true. Ziggler did cash in the money in the bank the night after WrestleMania 29, and he had bad fortune as well with the concussion, which really curtailed his run. But, oh, he really did. There was so much promise, I think, back in 2012 with Ziggler. You sort of think back, look at the way his year ended. He won the main event at TLC, sole survivor at Survivor Series. Could have been so much more. But, ah, well, there you have it. And yeah, AJ Lee was great here. He was just a real great. Here's the thing though, this was probably the most over AJ Lee was. If you look at 2012 when she was working with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, then John Cena, she was in there hanging, holding her own. She was really good in all these segments, getting over. She barely fucking wrestled. But she was way more over here than she ever was during her whole Divas record breaking Divas title reign. And here's the thing, she's a great wrestler. She did a great job and she didn't have much to go against during that time. But I will say this, that just shows it's your character and personality that gets you over way more than wrestling all the time. And look at what's happening with Alexa and Bray Wyatt now. Alexa barely has wrestled like one match in two months and it's and her career's now got big time momentum again. Instead of getting jobbed out all the time. So there you have it. You don't always have to wrestle to get over. Quite often you don't. That's just the way it goes. That was interesting to note that in 2012, early in there, speaking of Eve Torres, Cena had a little affair with Eve Torres at one point early in 2012. No, was that right and things? Uh, uh, was meant to be going out there. So Cena, Cena got Randy in 2012. You know what? Good for him. Uh, fair enough. But yeah, it's a good one. So overall, a decent enough show. It's got it's got a couple of things that the drizzle and strips, mainly the whole three and B thing. Some sort of, some okay matches on here. Uh, a good main event, quite an entertaining main event, and of course an outstanding TLC match in the mid card. Uh, this also shows you you don't always need to have a title in a TLC match. If anything, this Sunday it should be Randy and the Fiend in a TLC match so they can beat the shit out of each other. But no, that's a regular wrestling match. But uh, Drew and AJ, who have like no real personal history or anything, they're the ones that are having the dangerous match. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. But there you have it. But yeah, and also and, oh, uh, coming out from this, Ziggler and AJ were a good little couple as well. That worked quite well. They brought Big E in as well through this. So yeah, that, that's probably the most uh, most I like Big E actually because he never spoke. But then so, at least he didn't have to hear his annoying goofball shit back then. So yeah, fair enough. But yeah, there we go. Thumbs up for TLC 2012. First time ever seeing it. It's one of those things if you watch, can watch it. The show itself's worth one watch. If you would go back and revisit anything, nothing else other than the, the TLC match itself is worth revisiting multiple times, I would say. But yeah, thumbs up. So, uh, shooting forward, I'm going to be doing TLC 2015. I'll be reading that tomorrow. So yeah, thank you very much there for listening and goodbye.